Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Deacons Hong Kong is the oldest law firm here and was set up in 1851. Within its extensive archives are wills and probate, land leases, business contracts, and all kinds of other documents. The Deacons archives have been given on permanent loan to the University of Hong Kong Libraries. Edith Chan, the assistant special collections librarian, had the difficult task of sifting out 12 documents to put on display. The first case we hear is、um, something related to the University of Hong Kong. Actually, this is a mortgage insurance、um, document. It was、uh, issued in 1926 by the、uh, Commercial Union Assurance Company、uh, to the University of Hong Kong as mortgagee.、Um, the funny thing was、um, in the 1920s, it's very common for the finance community. Committee of Hong Kong U to lend the endowment funds on local mortgages in order to secure a higher、um, returns. Oh, I see. So this was money from the endowment, endowment fund funds used by other people for their mortgages. Yes,、uh, in order to earn some money.、Um, uh, as a matter of fact,、uh, there are other tools they would use, like、uh, buy the debentures and securities. But、uh, just happened, I have an,、uh, this assur- in,、uh, assurance document here. So this would have been somebody buying a house, buying a flat, buying a business.、Uh, could be anything of this. Yeah. The second one、um, uh, is is very interesting to the general public. I think、uh, is about the、um, agreement made between our fourth vice chancellor of University of Hong Kong.、Um, actually, is an appointment and agreement. It, it was made in 1924、uh, with、uh, Professor Hornell. Um, the interesting thing was、um, his salary.、Uh, it's stated in the agreement. It was twenty thousand Hong Kong dollars. His annual salary. It was、uh, to me. It was an awesome amount of money. <laughs> like to give you a reference,、um, how much money it,、uh, it was. So this was Sir William Hornell. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, actually, he was paid in、uh, in pounds, two thousand pounds. That was his salary. That would be equivalent to like a twenty thousand Hong Kong dollars per year.、Um, at that time, I give you a reference.、Uh, an office attendant of Supreme Court,、uh, his salary would be Hong Kong dollars. One hundred sixty-eight dollars, more or less, like a junior clerk per year. Per year, per year.、Uh, for if you have a kid、uh, to attend a public school, uh, the uh, annual school fees would be twenty-four dollars. So we, we can see, like, two、um, thousand pounds per year is a big mon- is a big money, really. The third. Piece of、um, document actually is a ledger. It's like an accounting、um, uh, record. It's from the estate of Sir H. N. Modi, deceased ledger.、Uh, Sir Modi,、um, he 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 was a very、um, uh, famous Indian merchant、um, in Hong Kong. Uh, his uh, who was very well known for his public benefactions.、Um, and but unfortunately, he did not see the、uh, grand opening of. Hong Kong U because he passed away on、um, 16th of June 1911.、Uh, from this ledger. And so, when was the university opened?、Um, 1911. Yeah. But, but a bit later in the year. A bit later in the year. It, it was uh, uh, unfo- a bit of unfortunate.、Uh, from the ledger, we can tell、uh, the accounting date was uh, uh, 30th of June 1911.、Uh, there was an amount like a.、Uh, 
233,000 was made to the University of Hong Kong. Um, it was just shortly after Sir Modi passed away. Um, so that would have been William Hornell's salary for about 12 years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, even though uh, Sir Modi couldn't see the grand opening of Hong Kong U, but his generous cons- contributions of uh, 150000 to help establish the university is always remembered by all of us. So, so H.N. Modi was a businessman here? Businessman here, definitely uh, is very famous uh, he's one of the key persons to help establish the uh, University of Hong Kong so this ledger is uh, basically how much is being bequeathed to the yeah, University of yeah, Hong Kong yeah, yeah it's like a sort of an accounting record uh, it when I just saw it oh wow it's wonderful uh, I, I I will have displayed this one because it's something to do with University of Hong Kong Yes, and uh, it's interesting, the handwriting from that era as well. You're sort of suddenly looking at... It's a very sort of flowing black See, pen high. Uh, the penmanship actually is really funny. Um, uh, as we can go on uh, later on to see other documents, the penmanship is really amazing. Um, honestly, I, I just can't write this beautiful letters right now because we all use typewriting. Oh, now we're looking at wills and wills probate. And probate. Uh, wills and probate uh, uh, actually is one of the biggest uh, series in the whole archives. I particularly chose uh, some uh, prominent businessmen, uh, which would be more interesting to the general public. Um, the first one here is uh, Sir um, Alice Kaduri. I'm sure everybody would uh, know him uh, because and obviously he's a well-known businessman and uh, philanthropist, of course. From his testament, he desired his uh, trustees to set aside sufficient funds for annuities to support schools in Hong Kong and China and hospitals in England. So Sir Ellis Kadori, who was 1865 to 1922 and uh, was a Baghdad Jew from Iraq mm-hmm. and a, a prominent Hong Kong businessman. Yes, Kadori would have been behind, among others, China Light and Power or CLP Power uh, and also Cathay Pacific later sure, on, yeah. uh, or his family would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, another famous person was um, from Emmanuel Raphael Bilileos, um, uh, another famous Hong Kong Jewish uh, businessman. Um, he was also a chairman of Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation from 1876 to 1882. And he was also appointed to the Legislative Council of Hong Kong in 1881. Mr. Belaleos also gained his uh, reputation as a philanthropist. In his testament, he specifically instructed his trustees to purchase premises um, in the city of Calcutta, not in Hong Kong, to establish a free college named Belalios College, which was uh, intended uh, for the education of the Jewish children there. So what was his connection to Calcutta? Um, he, he's from there. He's from there. That's why he have uh, specific instructions um, to um, uh, return... Uh, something back to the society, to his own society. So here we're looking at the will of Emmanuel Raphael Belilios, who was a, a JP here and uh, also chairman of the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation. He was alive from 1837 to 1905. I haven't actually written my will. I must get on with it. But, um, <laughs> you know, to look at them, they were very grand, weren't they, with the, the, also these... Uh, what do you call them, the wax, not stamps, yeah, the but seals. seal, that's yes, it. the seals and tons of chops. Uh, there are many chops uh, right on the first cover. 
because I believe uh, it's something to do with the um, duty tax, the SD duty tax. So it's in the Supreme Court of Hong Kong. It says at the top, uh, probate jurisdiction. Now, where it's so is this all handwritten here? Yes, this is all handwritten. Um, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Uh, n- uh, not like the uh, Kajuri ones and the, and the one that we are going to uh, to to see uh, from Chater. They're type they're being typewritten. But for this one, it's all handwritten. Uh, look at the penmanship. It's, it's, it's really gorgeous penmanship, but you wouldn't want to make a mistake. You might have to start yeah, again. No, but no, uh, no. <laughs> yes, absolutely gorgeous. And in fact, so gorgeous that you almost think that it's um, some form of type. Interesting also to look at the type of paper underneath. It's got a kind of indentation. Yes. Um, actually, it's a quite a thick uh, document. Um, as far as ca- I can remember, when I read through the um, the, the wills and probates, uh, um, most of the portion uh, was said, um, you know, uh, how much money will I um, uh, give it to my family, to which one, to his wife or to his children. And uh, one of the page uh, uh, is something about the donation, the charity donations. So... Yes, we're moving on to the will of Sir Catrick Paul Chater, 1846 yeah. to 1926. Mm-hmm. Another um, another famous person in Hong Kong. He's done so much uh, to the society, actually. Um, of course, he's a renowned businessman of uh, Armenian descent, uh, descent in, in colonial Hong Kong. Uh, also, being a member of executive and legislative councils, uh, Sir Paul Chater worked tirelessly for the people of Hong Kong in early days. Now, from the um, from his first uh, codicil of his will, he bequeathed his residence, Marble Hall, which is very, which, very famous. Uh, um, I think it was up in Conduct Road, uh, number 37. Uh, he bequeathed his residence, Marble Hall, and its entire contents, including his unique collection of porcelain and paintings, to the government of Hong Kong. Uh, but um, as far as I can remember, during the Japanese occupation, most of the um, collection, his collection of porcelains and paintings were looted by the uh, Japanese, I think. Uh, small small portion of the remaining items are being kept um, in the Museum of Arts in Hong Kong right now. Mm, yeah. I'm not sure whether it was looted. It certainly um, has disappeared. disappeared um, so we're not sure. But uh, yes, it's uh, also Marble Hall, of course, um, had a rather ignominious end. Uh, it would uh, end up um, burning down. Um, but yes, the Chady Collection, there are aspects of that, fortunately, that, that still exist, yes. but not as much, not uh, as obviously. Much, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, from, from the documents, we can tell um, uh, section charitable donations, uh, and we can tell that um, numerous uh, money has been donated uh, to uh, either Hong Kong or London. Yeah. Oh, now this is interesting, isn't it? Personal uh, effects. Yeah, uh, raised ponies. Uh, we all know that um, Chater and Modi were very close friends. Uh, they they loved horse, horse racing. Yeah, uh, race of pony. Uh, it it was worth um, one hundred seventeen thousand. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. I was going to say it can't just be one hundred and seventy there. Yeah, yeah so one hundred and seventy thousand would be race ponies. Yes, and I think Chater used to occasionally. I mean, he was certainly uh, chairman of the jockey club, and he was. Uh, uh, used to um, sometimes race the China ponies himself, I think. I'm sure he had a lot of um, uh, silver cups, you know, about the <laughs> horse racing. Uh, yeah. 
Sunbeam motor car. Yeah, really. And the jewelry.、Uh, look at the amount. <laughs> and the collections of porcelains at Marble Hall. It almost like a million dollars. Yes, extraordinary wealth yes, for that time.、Yeah. Though they were all famous men, very very rich.、Uh, we all agree that. Uh, but they never forget about the uh, charity uh, activities. You know, not only in Hong Kong, elsewhere in London, India. Yeah, it's really amazing. Here we've got、uh, a section on property, so it's land sale and land lease agreements. Now,、uh, the third le-、uh, lease agreement、uh, was made、uh, with another famous person. It、mm. was Sir Robert Houghton.、Um, it was made in 1900. The landlord was、uh, located in Wong Nai Chong Road. The, the upset price was、um, seven thousand nine hundred. Seventy dollars, but、uh, Sir Robert Houghton only offered twenty dollars more. So his bid was seven thousand nine hundred and ninety. So and then he got the land.、Uh, very interesting. So I,、uh, we can see, we can tell that the,、uh, it wasn't very、uh, keen competition. Actually, maybe he was the only bidder. We don't know. The, the landlord was uh, uh, was leased for a term of seventy-five、uh, years with a special condition. That only Europeans' residences and designs could be erected in the、mm. land. Now,、um, I, I need to remind again:、uh, the lease was made in 1900. The, the reason why they have a special condition here was、um, because the you know, the Europeans they would、uh, they would only be allowed to、uh, live in the upper part, you know, like the the peak level, and the Chinese would be only allowed in you know below the Bonham Row or Pofulam Row. Uh, but the Peak District Reservation Ordinance was only gazetted in 1904, so、uh, this agreement was made in 1900. So we can tell before even the、uh, the ordinance was made in 1904, there were already you know social segregation.、Uh, so interestingly, Sir Robert Houghton had a land lease to develop an area that he himself would he have had permission to live there? Yeah, yes, of course, of course.、Uh, but、uh, what as a Eurasian? He he he's a Eurasian actually, but、uh, Eurasians and Europeans、uh, would be allowed、uh, to live in near the peak area, but not the Chinese. The rules of racism and segregation. There would also have been poorer Europeans living in the lower districts. My thanks to Edith Chan talking me through the twelve documents on display at the special collection section on the first floor of the main library of the University of Hong Kong. The documents are on display until April the twenty-eighth. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>